how can I grow my podcast? I want to grow by hundreds of new downloads every month and that's not happening. Well, one, your podcast is new. And so when people find you, they're not going to have a lot to binge just yet. But make sure that you're using other strategies to supplement just your podcast and marketing it. You don't always want to just be talking about your podcast. Yes, I think it should be a core part of your content strategy. But where can you show up and quote unquote, borrow other people's audiences and ensuring that you are showcasing your expertise with those people. So one thing that I do, because I'm obviously extremely busy, (laughs) is I limit myself to two visibilities per month. And so that allows me to continuously be showing up, giving value. I don't charge for these things. It's just me giving value to new audiences, new people where I might not have access to them otherwise, and then directing them back to my content. So really ensuring that when you do have that conversation, saying, make sure you check out my podcast should be first and foremost. Welcome to another episode of Listeners to Leads, where I'm helping podcasters launch and maintain a lead generating show. I'm your host, Alicia Galati, the CEO and head podcast strategist behind Galati Media, a full service podcast management company. On this show, you'll hear my guests and I discuss everything it takes to launch a successful podcast and keep it running. If you're ready to get leads, land speaking gigs, and create deeper connections with your audience through your podcast, then this is the show for you. In this episode, I'm talking to Valerie Friedlander. I'm so excited. She is a person that I absolutely adore. I love her so much. She's incredible. I'm so excited for you to tune into this episode. It'll be our first audit. I'm going to talk through the things that she's struggling with. She'll be able to ask me any questions. And if you would like to have your podcast audited, then send me a DM. We'll chat through and see if it's a good fit for both of us. And I will send you the link to sign up. It is free to do. So yay for that. All right, let's get into the episode. Hi, Valerie. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) I am so excited to do an audit with you today where you just ask any questions you have. I've been in your podcast and in the back end of your website and your stats and all that stuff. So I kind of have an upper hand here in a sense of like (laughs) having seen behind the curtain already. But we want to start with this week and what's going on this week. And then we can move forward to any other questions and things that you have and we can talk through them. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I'm interested in is just knowing what you see that might be different from what I see as someone who's only seen my podcast on the back end, you having seen that mine and plenty of others to be able to say, you know, here are the things that you want to be noticing. I can get a little bit hung up about how I'm titling things. And is it speaking to what I actually spoke to sufficiently? And I The topic is interesting, but am I using a title that's also interesting that people are going to think, oh, I need to listen to that because that speaks to this thing? Let's go with titling first. Okay. Well, that's top of mind. I've been doing, obviously, we do a lot of SEO for our clients and ensuring that their titles are optimized for search. But then we also have clients that they kind of run with their own titles and they've seen really great success that way. 
And it's usually if they're like, "Mm, I'm not really sure how to title this, Alicia, help, (laughs) that we kind of jump in. But some of the tools that we use for that, just to kind of give everyone on who's listening as well as yourself, there's a headliner analyzer from AM Institute, Advanced Marketing Institute. And it is an emotional marketing value headline analyzer. So it it analyzes how much emotion it's going to pull from a person. Typically, a copywriter will go for upwards of 30% in this analyzer, but it's something that works really well. We run it through that. And then another thing that we'll run it through is the Headline Studio by CoSchedule. They have a pretty good one and their free one is pretty good. I use it just like a to look through your headline, see if it works for SEO, see if it works for, do you have the right words in there? Do you have too many words in there? Giving you like a semblance of how can I have some common words, some uncommon words, some emotional words, and some powerful words in there. Now, I don't want you or anyone listening to get hung up on ensuring that every single title has a 100% rate. Like, no, <laughs> let's not get stuck. I'm going to speak to the perfectionism. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> ensuring that, okay, of these three titles that I'm thinking of, which is the best? That's going to help you kind of like minimize it to instead of being like, nope, it's got to be perfect. Otherwise, it's trash. I'm trash. Everybody's trash. <laughs> no, we don't, we don't need to do that. Not today and not with this. The title... Yes, Google is indexing podcasts based on their title, but it's also based on that description. So ensuring that you do have those long tail keywords in the first paragraph of your description, ensuring that you are talking very clearly about what your episode is about in that first minute, because Google is listening to your podcast as well, or reading, quote unquote, you can't see my bunny ears, but ensuring that When you first get into your episode, you're like, this is what we're talking about. I'm so excited. That's going to help with SEO as well, not just the title. Now, if you're thinking, all right, I'm going to title my stuff. I'm I'm a very practical person. So when it comes to titling, I usually just go for, what are you talking about? Just be clear. Don't try to be fun or snarky or funny because you're going to confuse your audience. So if you are talking about your life-changing experience that you had in the mountains of Arizona, don't title it that. (laughs) How about five lessons I learned about growing as a parent and not, I want to go somewhere with like generational stuff. Anyway, so. (laughs) Um, Unlearning generational patterns? Yes. So like things like that, where it's very easy and I'm in there, I can totally talk about my experience in the mountains of Arizona, but I'm not going to title it that because it's not going to interest my audience. They're not going to care about, I mean, they might because they might just be nosy and be like, hey, what is this about? (laughs) But typically they want to know what's in it for them. Now you have an episode recently, Girl, Learn How to Apologize. Love it. Everybody knows it. It's very like what's happening right now in books and culture and things. (laughs) So that title resonates with your ideal audience. It might not do well on SEO or Google, but it goes with, yes, I want to listen to that episode. So that's where that balance kind of comes in of ensuring that you don't get too hung up on it. But then there are also other places that you can make sure that you're optimizing your podcast so that Google's happy. So some of those places, like I said, are going to be your first paragraph, 
making sure that you have some long tail keywords about what you're talking about, really breaking it down in there. And then also, which you've recently done this, is adding that podcast to your website. Now that is going to help Google be able to match it with your podcast host, with their player and the blog post. And then embedding the Buzzsprout or whomever you're using for your podcast host, embedding that player in your website is going to help as well. I also recently was chatting with someone and remember, this is not to say this is what you need to do, but it is a really good strategy. And I think that it's cool. Putting up YouTube videos that are maybe a few minutes long, five, 10 minutes long of what you're talking about, breaking down some of those concepts maybe diving a little deeper and then saying, make sure you go listen to the full episode and then embedding that YouTube video into your blog post as well. That's going to be like, that's like double whammy for Google. They're like, heck yeah, (laughs) we want more. Yes, yes, yes. So that's another strategy that you can use. I don't think it's for everyone. I don't think it's for every kind of podcast, but I do think it's a really cool strategy to test out. I was about to ask you about YouTube. And the idea, because I know I've had some people say, well, just upload your audio onto YouTube. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like that would do well on YouTube. Right. But (laughs) I we were just talking one of the podcast episode that I have the highest stats on happened right after I was on a YouTube live with someone who has a large audience. And a bunch of people subscribe to my YouTube channel, which I have some stuff on, but I haven't been super active on it. I'm wondering, what are your thoughts with that? I mean, that that seems pretty obvious with like my solo episodes and even my coaching episodes where I can be like, hey, this is a thing. <laughs> oh, you know, like, let's talk a little bit about why it's a thing. The one that has the, the most hits right now is a coaching episode called It's Simple, So Why Am I Not Doing It? And that might actually be a great opportunity for me to be like, so here's what's up with this and why. And you want to check that episode out, but then go check these episodes out. And here's why and embed that. But what about if I'm interviewing someone, like another expert? Would that be a time to go in and and share some of my takeaways and thoughts about that interview? You're like, Valerie, you already know all this stuff. Like, why why are we even talking? (laughs) No. So there are a few different ways that you can do it with interviews. One, you just said, obviously, hot takes. This is my point of view. This is what we talk about. You're going to love them. And with this picture of them, that kind of thing. Or you can start it with a one minute of you saying, are you feeling X, Y, Z? This episode is for you. So-and-so was talking about, and then break it down to five to 10 minutes of them talking really heavily, like, ooh, that's a good snippet. That would be a good audiogram or videogram, them talking about that topic. Or maybe they had a really good point or a really good story, and you're just like, yes, 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 at that point. Taking that clip of the conversation and then putting that into the video and then ending it with, if you enjoy this conversation and you want to hear the full episode, head over to this. Some people will, and we just signed on a client recently where they're getting traction from YouTube because they're putting their podcast on there, but people aren't watching the video. They're searching for the content, they find the content, then they find the podcast on their favorite podcast app. So it's good for searchability and people looking on YouTube and searching for this stuff, but having the full episode, it's not going to help people stay on your YouTube channel. Would you just put the show notes into the YouTube description? 
You can. I would make them shorter than, I mean, you have my template of like really in-depth show notes. I would say make it a paragraph and then links and then that's it. Because your your template has like, here's a paragraph kind of talking a little bit, like almost like a little blog post about like my thoughts on why we're talking about this. And then there's the, in this episode, we explore or we talk about or whatever, and then bullet points. So perhaps just that one sentence of in this episode of Unlimited, we talk about blah. Yes. Yeah. Keeping it like two to three sentences. And then here's the, here are the links to get more if this was of interest to you. Exactly. I like it. What else should I be looking at? <laughs> I've, I've got lots. I think what I will probably do with this is go in and pick some of my favorite episodes or the ones that I think are the most useful for my audience in particular, and then do some YouTube videos and throw them up there. Yeah, look at what's most popular. Right now, look at what, look at your stats and see what are people enjoying? What are they currently searching for? Cause that's going to show you also from Google what, where people are kind of finding you and what they're enjoying listening to. Also, so you mentioned earlier about like getting, like we were looking at your stats and looking at that influx that you had around that time that you did that visibility strategy. So let's talk through some quickly some visibility strategies that have worked for people and that I definitely recommend podcasters using because sometimes I have clients where they'll say, you know, and we don't, maybe they're not full service with us. So they don't, we don't do everything for them. We just edit, upload, give them show notes, all that fun stuff. And then it's up to them to then market their podcast, but maybe they're not seeing the growth that they want to see. And so during one of our monthly strategy sessions, they'll say, how can I grow my podcast? I want to grow by hundreds of new downloads every month. And that's not happening. Well, one, your podcast is new. And so when people find you, they're not going to have a lot to binge just yet. But make sure that you're using other strategies to supplement just your podcast and marketing it. You don't always want to just be talking about your podcast. Yes, I think it should be a core part of your content strategy. But where can you show up and quote unquote, borrow other people's audiences and ensuring that you are showcasing your expertise with those people. So one thing that I do, because I'm obviously extremely busy, (laughs) is I limit myself to two visibilities per month. So I have people who reach out, you know, months in advance and say, hey, I'd love for you to speak at this thing, this summit, this Tuesdays together. I just did a Tuesdays together for LA bananas, (laughs) but they reached out months in advance. And so I've got people who say, Hey, I've got this summit coming up in the fall. Would you be open to doing it? Yep. You're booked for that month. Awesome. I'm not, I'm only doing one more during that month. And so that allows me to continuously be showing up, giving value. I don't charge for these things. It's just me giving value to new audiences, new people where I might not have access to them otherwise, and then directing them back to my content, which is usually my Instagram or my podcast or things like that. So really ensuring that when you do have that conversation, yeah, it's cool to have a freebie for people. But I think saying, make sure you check out my podcast should be first and foremost. And I don't think a lot of people do that because they're like, nope, I want the sale. But they just got to know you. So you need to ensure that they're getting to know you a little deeper in our last episode where you were on. We were talking about how you have had people find you, binge your podcast, and then hire you. So that's the process for 
most of your clients. They're going to take some time, right? So giving them access to you on like a long-term or bingeable way is going to ensure that they're going to turn from listeners to leads. Now, another way is through guest blogging. I don't love it because, man, I hate blogging. (laughs) I'm not into the writing thing. I've been told I'm a very good writer, but it takes me like at least twice, if not three times as long as I want it to. It has to be perfect. So yes, <laughs> that is a strategy, making sure that you're being visible, but then also ensuring that the people that you have on your podcast are quality people. So are they bringing value to your audience, but also will they share with their audience? No, I don't think that you should make it required to be on your podcast. They have to share it. I have seen ones like that, but giving them things that makes it easy for them to share. So graphics, some copy links, where to tag you. That's going to make it a lot easier. I also saw a strategy that I think is cool. I personally won't do it, but where you can make, you ask them what their their brand colors are so that they can get a graphic in their color and they feel comfortable sharing it. It's cool. If you're thinking about it, go ahead and try it. But ensuring that they have those things and maybe the day before the episode goes live so that they have time to maybe schedule into their content that week, that can help as well. But making sure that your your guests, and it's not to say that these guests have to have 20,000 followers or they have to have huge audiences. Do they have engaged audiences? That's what I would look for. Do they have people commenting? Do they have people who are, are they sharing value with their audience? And is their audience responding? I think that's really cool. Those are some strategies that definitely recommend people use to then grow their podcast and see those bumps like you did. And it is going to be ebbs and flows. (laughs) Like I look at, we use Buzzsprout here. I love Buzzsprout. They're incredible. I love their user experience. All of our clients that have podcasts and transfer and use us, we transfer them to Buzzsprout because we're like, this is the way it is. (laughs) There is no other way. And plus we love their values. So that's, it's aligned all around. Buzzsprout releases their stats. And If you have a podcast host, I know Libsyn does this on a monthly basis. A lot of the podcast hosts will share. Here are our stats for the month. This is where you rank based on our users. But from, and we're in 2021, from March to April, there was a decrease in Buzzsprout downloads by 6 million. Whoa. The last time I saw that in that amount was November, December, which we all know. (laughs) What happened in November, December, 2020? (laughs) So people weren't listening to podcasts. They were stressed out. One of the reasons that there was that huge down was they also were hijacked by cyber criminals who were trying to make them pay money for it. Go to Twitter. There's a whole thing on it. That is obviously one of the things, but typically it ranges between one to three million in, in the shift, the ebbs and flows and how that goes. So looking at that to say... Obviously, there was something going on around the world or across the country that was making people not listen to as many podcasts. So just because my stats have gone down doesn't mean that I'm not doing the right things. I think a lot of people, they see their stats jump up because of a huge visibility. We had one client where she was on the news, and so her stats jumped like crazy one month. And they kind of leveled out afterwards, but she was like, why did we have that huge month? It's like, because you were on the news. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
obviously, that's what happens when you have that external visibility and you're driving people back to your podcast. So I think that is a key for sure in looking at that and then realizing like some things are out of your control. You can't always control them all. Yeah. I love all the details that I get with like where are people listening and just like what platforms and what locations and there's just a lot of very cool stuff. I'm curious about the importance of reviews and how to get them because I feel like I've been asked for reviews like before I started a podcast and I'm not a huge podcast listener, which is one of my resistance to starting a podcast in the first place, but I was like, okay, my audience is, so we'll do this. But I found giving reviews very confusing. Like Apple makes it very confusing. Like just recently put together a little page that says, here's how to give me a review. And I pulled up like, how do you do this? And it's like nine steps to giving a review, which it's like, why is it so hard? Yeah, so that might change now that Apple Podcast is they're taking more of an interest in their Apple Podcast platform. They're making they've made some shifts in the verbiage that they're using and the subscription versus follow. And now that Spotify is joining with Facebook to have their own little party, hopefully it will get better. I am not an Apple Podcast user, and twenty percent of the world uses Apple podcast phone, uh, Apple phones. So if you have an international podcast rather than a location-based podcast, then I recommend people ask for reviews in two places, Apple podcast for the Apple users and podcast addict for the Android users. Podcast addict won't really like, you're not going to be able to hit charts with that. Apple podcast is the one that has the charts. And so it's like, Oh yay! I hit charts. Even though the majority of your audience might be listening elsewhere which is where it gets kind of I get kind of hung up on like do the charts really matter? I don't know. Yeah, kind of and yes and no. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because there's so many nuances to it. Getting reviews sometimes can be as easy as when someone reaches out and says that they listened to an episode, they loved it and they found it very valuable or they loved the part where you said XYZ. Thank you so much. Would you be willing to leave me a review? Or screenshot what they said. And then put that on your website. I think that we put a lot of value on reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, because we think that it's going to let us hit more charts and, and do more things. But that's not always necessarily true. It's also the downloads that factor into that. And I've seen that from looking at the the charts that some of my clients have been able to hit based on their downloads, based on their reviews. And some of them don't have a ton of reviews, but they're getting some really good downloads on Apple Podcasts, and that's letting them hit charts. So I think just ensuring that people know where to find you, they can find you on all the places, they can listen where they want, that's going to help you get more downloads. But then also letting them know, hey, look, Apple Podcasts is a great place, but also Podcast Addict, at least currently, because I know Stitcher was had reviews last year, and now they don't anymore. No, it's, it's interesting as you say that, because I went to check because I just did a whole thing, like just to try and push some reviews as a way, you know, win-win of a way to give away some free coaching and then also like have that exchange that we talked about in the last time we chatted of like people can feel like they're giving something in return. And and I mentioned Podcast Addict and I just looking at my stats as we're talking, uh, Podcast Addict was not on my top apps and now it is. <laughs> so clearly, regardless of whether people actually drop me reviews or not, they were like, oh, look, there's a place to listen. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I think, you know, I see a lot of people where they will actually just put their Apple podcast link on their link in bio or in the place to listen. And I think they're missing out on so much. No, see, I'm I'm not an Apple person, so I would never <laughs> do that. <laughs> like, I have no Apple anything at all. So one thing that you can do if you're like, look, I just really want reviews and people aren't leaving them and I just would really like them is offering that free thing, but also ensuring that it's not just to one audience. So I saw this recently where someone just put a post up and then said, leave reviews. Instead, go to your stories, talk about what they'll get if they leave a review, send an email to your email list, let them know that you're doing this giveaway in order to just leave a review. And then the two spots, they can do that. They can leave a screenshot. That's going to help as well. So like a few different ways that you can further engage your audience um, wherever they may be instead of just in one spot. I mean, it's nice to know that that's not the most important thing. And I think especially because I do a mixed show, mixed content, one of the things I've heard from a lot of people is part of the idea of having guests on your show is because then you have more people sharing it. But if that's only a part of what I do, then having the finding those opportunities to be visible in other places, uh, I think would be key. Yeah, for sure. All right. Do you have any other questions? I don't think so. I've got a, I've got several things to go play with. So yeah, I don't want to leave you with too much. No, we right. Don't need to let. <laughs> That's when people don't take action. I know all about that. That's <laughs> few key points. Some strategies you might be might be able to try and then go from there. So let everybody know where they can find you, where they can find your podcast to listen, and we'll make sure that we link it in the show notes. Well, you can find my podcast on Apple and (laughs) any of your favorite players, but especially if you go listen, leave me a review. (laughs) Yes. Leave a review for Valerie, please, and thank you. Yeah, that's the my podcast is called Unlimited, and you can also find it on my website, which is ValerieFriedlander.com. Awesome. Thank you, Valerie. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Listeners to Leads. If you found something in this episode valuable, I would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend who you know would also get value from it. Want to send me a message? My favorite place to hang out is Instagram. You can find me at alicia.lottie. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was from the episode. And don't forget, turning those listeners into leads is actually easy.